There is nothing new in the world except the history you do not know. Welcome to the Sales History Podcast. I'm your host, narrator, nerd, Todd Capone. For today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about the history of women in the sales profession. I want to take you on a journey with a woman that I believe is the pioneer for women in the profession. But to start, let's just talk about the word salesmanship. Now, when you look through history, the word salesmanship has been the primary association to the profession. And it was never meant to be men, 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 from what I can find. As a matter of fact, in 1913's book, Practical Salesmanship, Nathaniel Fowler, who is amazing in terms of the way that he wrote, I mean, they just don't write books the way that they did back then anymore. He actually has a page right at the beginning that says in bold, all caps, to women readers of this book. And then he goes on to say, for convenience and only for convenience, the masculine noun and pronoun have been used in this book. But every word in it is intended for women as well as for men. Custom, as well as convenience, suggests this form. The constant mention of both sexes would be confusing and require unnecessary repetition. So they embraced this word and tried to call out the fact that really this is about everyone. But I want to talk to you about a specific individual who I believe made a huge impact on the profession, both for men and women, but really... She was the pioneer for women in the profession as far as I can find. And unfortunately, when you do a Google search, you're only going to find my article. And so here's the story of a woman, Lucinda W. Prince. I wanted to introduce you to her. So Miss Prince was born in 1862, grew up in Massachusetts, and was trained as a teacher in what was called a normal school, it was Fremington State, and then college at Wellesley, and spent time studying in Germany. Now, these normal schools were really focused on training the future teachers of the country. But when she went to Germany, which is amazing that they had foreign exchange like that back then, she discovered what we would call today this concept of continuing education. Well, then she came back to the United States, and while working as an administrator in schools, she had taken on a leadership role in a club for working women in the Boston area, and there was 50 women who met twice monthly. Now, in these women's club meetings, there was a consistent theme that appeared. Women who were working in sales roles primarily in department stores were taking issue with their low wages and even thought their responsibilities and experience were the same, but they just weren't getting paid as much. Miss Prince looked at this and quickly realized that actually the problem was not just about paying women less for the same responsibilities and experience. There was a performance problem because these women didn't have the same level of education and training. I mean, they were doing similar work, but their performance was the result of their lack of education. So for her, a light bulb went on. Women needed an advocate, and she was convinced that these women would never gain until someone can help them, quote, see the possibilities of their work. And it became her life's work. She spearheaded an effort to determine what special training was needed by, quote, 
girls who wished to become saleswomen. And in 1905, she created a sales training program for women through the WEIU, which was the Women's Educational and Industrial Union, in hopes the training would rectify that discrepancy. Well, unfortunately, it didn't start off well. Uh, many of the women were school dropouts and had no desire for another school-like experience. And she had set it up to be a cooperative with the business owners that were hiring these women, but the business owners weren't quite seeing the value yet either. So Mrs. Prince did something that is amazing to me. She went to the business owners and basically held a contest and demonstrated that she could outsell even their best salespeople. Like That concept alone is amazing to me. And as a result, the businesses agreed to participate in allowing employees to go through the program. And while they would be in there, the business owners agreed to pay the students minimum wage for the hours that they participated. So it was paid training. Well, in October of 1906, she had set it up to where it would hold 20, 21 students, and there were only 16 students in the program. However, by February of 1907, so just five months later for that next cohort, there were over 100 applicants. So it was already bursting at the seams based on the reputation that it was gaining. And then within two years, the Union School of Salesmanship went from originally struggling to gain any momentum to attracting students from outside of Massachusetts. And it was going so well that businesses were now paying the students full pay, so not just minimum wage for their time in the school. Business owners were serving on her advisory committee, meeting once per month at a dinner, with the, it was also attended by the WEIU's president, which is a, a woman named uh, Mrs. Kehue. And Mrs. Prince obviously attended that as well. Now, just three years later, Mrs. Prince had become a phenomenon. I kept finding her as a sought-after speaker and a driver of more courses and more discussions around the profession of sales for women. Uh, there was one you know, uh, quote that I saw that was said, Here, famous speaker, talk about Boston work. Board of Education Promises Cooperation. So headlines that talked about Mrs. Prince coming to talk. Books were written for women in sales by 1909, including one called Sales Women in Mercantile Stores that I found. But it credits Mrs. Prince for its own existence as a book. In 1911, she opened a teacher's training program under the WEIU, focused on preparing salesmanship teachers for high schools. Yes, in high schools, they were starting to teach salesmanship. So it was not long where uh, Miss Prince started to direct her attention to the Boston public schools. Now, at the time, high school rates were, uh, dropout rates were really, really high. Many families were only interested in having their children attend the mandatory years of schooling and then forcing their children out to start generating an income. But she believed that specific training would give girls and boys for that matter, a a better shot at transitioning out of school into the working world. Under her leadership by 1912, what they referred to as salesmanship was being taught in nine Boston high schools for both boys and girls. And there were actually 400 girls going through the program at that time. So that's 1912, 400 girls in high school salesmanship classes. 
Now, this continued to be her life's work. I did a lot more digging. Uh, she was became the president of the Women's Educational Industrial Union of Boston. She became the educational director for the National Dry Good Association. She ran the Union School of, of Salesmanship for the WIU. And I also found her in an article recognizing her as the first female counselor in the Boston Vocation Bureau. Now, I, in a speech in May of 1916, I found in the Cincinnatian, which is a newspaper, Mrs. Prince spoke of the prejudices she had to overcome and how, quote, mothers and daughters came to realize that the position of saleswoman was one of dignity, responsibility, and initiative, that it offered much more chance for personal development and a future than commercial courses, that above everything else, its cultural value was apparent. Now, when reading anything current on the history of sales, you won't find any mention of Mrs. Prince. There's a really popular, quote, sales history book uh, that was written in 2004 called Birth of a Salesman. Not a peep about Mrs. Prince and her work. And if you search her on Google, the only thing you're going to find is this article. Now, I had stumbled upon her accidentally, and being the nerd that I am, reading an article in the Journal of Education in May of 1916, where it said that it randomly mentioned her as somebody that was really, really pressing for women in the profession. And as I kept digging, I mean, I found speeches from 1907. One uh, was the, uh, the fourth annual meeting of the National Society for the Promotion of Industrial Education uh, that she was mentioned in. I found her in a write-up in 1910 at the 15th Annual Congress of Hygiene and Demography. Again in 1912 in Efficiency Magazine. I mentioned the Cincinnati newspaper and then uh, found her in a few other ones, including the Journal of Education in 1919. The last mention I found of her was all the way up to 2009. And I continue to research, but this one is where we're going to end today. And it's kind of teared me up. It said, quote, as for her school of salesmanship, Simmons College is still home to the Prince Program in Retail Management and WEIU under the name of Crittenden Women's Union. And it continues to provide services for the women of Massachusetts. Now, I inquired with the school. I haven't been able to find out much more yet. But in the future, I hope that when anyone searches for who's the pioneer for women in sales, I wholeheartedly hope and believe the answer that should, should come up is Lucinda Prince. I hope you've enjoyed this little look back in the history and the history of women in sales and specifically Lucinda Prince's role in it. Thank you for joining me again today and giving me an outlet for this nerdery that I call sales history. If you enjoy this, please let me know. Or if you don't, I'm dying to hear your feedback. However you're listening to this, if you can give it a rating and review or you can find me at saleshistorian.com or toddcaponi.com. Shoot me a note. Let me know what you think. And if there's certain topics you want me to look into, I'm always digging in more. I've got a pretty extensive collection at this point and uh, just love it. It's a great hobby. So tune in for the next one. And thanks again for listening.